0: when the sun rises i wake up and chase my dreams i won't regret when the sun sets because i live my life like i'm a beast what up you're listening to the lifestyle practice podcast hey everybody welcome back thank you for joining us today i am steve vandegraaff I'll be your host, and it is a pleasure to be with you. Justin, Derek, and I are thrilled to be getting a lot of new listeners each week, so I wanted to give a shout-out and a special welcome to those that are listening for the first time. I'm confident that if you listen to these podcasts every week, you will find some real value. Last week, Justin spoke about being a leader as we open up again during these uncertain times, and if you haven't listened to it, I would recommend you do. Jumping into today, I wanted to talk about creating a reliable recall system, a system that ensures your patients are returning regularly and your hygienist chair is full of patients every hour. I know this is something we do every day in our dental offices and yet still it is a challenge. So... We're going to talk about the way to schedule, confirm, fill our hygiene schedule, and also how to communicate with patients about future appointments. As a little background on why this is important, every practice, just like they get new patients each month, are actually losing patients each month. Patients may be moving, going to another dentist, or most likely just not making it back to your office, but patient attrition is real. You may not think about it because they leave quietly, but they do. To limit these, we need to close the door. And by this I mean, don't let all these patients that we've worked so hard to get to come into our office, just leave right out the back. It's all too common. So don't let a patient leave without their next appointment set up. If we tell patients to give us a call when they're ready for the next appointment, and the patient says, okay, that okay probably really means I'm not going to get around to calling you. So make sure to set up their next step, whatever it is, before they leave. Also, our conversations have a lot to do with this back door. Make sure in your goodbye to a patient at the end of your appointment that you're tying it to a reminder of your next time together. So, for example, after restorative appointments, you're going to stress the importance of coming back for your next cleaning to take care of all this nice new work. After an emergency exam, you're reminding the patient to come back in two or three weeks so we can check your other teeth and catch little problems before they become big like this one did. In our hygiene exams, if we say, well, things look perfect when a patient isn't taking care of their mouth, They're not going to think coming back every six months is very important. So we're not helping them here. If things do look great, we can still reinforce the need to come back. You know, your teeth are beautiful. We want to keep them like this. So we'll get you back in six months from now. And Ms. Jones, if you have any problems before then, give us a call and we can get you in right away. So the first step in closing this door is changing our words. Next step is to develop a reliable recall system. Although this is common, everyday stuff, a lot of dentists often ask, what is the best way to manage it? You know, and there are different hygiene recall systems out there, and I'm sure tons of them work. Personally, I favor something simple rather than elaborate. And the important thing is, you have a clearly defined system that your front desk and hygienists are all clear and the same page on about. In my office, it looks something like this. So a patient checks in for their cleaning appointment and we take them right back to the operatory, try not to have them sit down. At that time, my front desk goes ahead right then and reschedules them an appointment for six months out, usually on the same day of the week and at the same time. The hygienist during her you know exam is reinforcing the importance of coming back. And at the end of my exam, I end with a, we'll see you in six months. Call us before then if you need anything at all. And then the front desk gives them a third reminder as she has their physical card ready with their next appointment. You can also have the patient write down in their own handwriting on the card, the date and time of their next appointment to reinforce this even more. Fast forward five months later, we send a tangible postcard out to the patient reminding them of their appointment, and then the patient gets a phone call 7 to 10 days before their scheduled day to confirm their appointment. Doesn't have to be elaborate again, something easy, but hello, Miss Jones, this is you know Savannah calling from Gentle Dental. Just calling to remind you of the cleaning appointment that we have reserved for you on June 1st at 1 o'clock. We have an hour reserved for your treatment at that time. Something simple doesn't have to be over the top, but you want to stress the importance of the appointment. So I like the the word reserved, or you can say, we have reserved the doctor's time. We have reserved an hour of the doctor's time for you at this, at this hour. You get the idea. If they don't answer, and it's a voicemail, say the same thing, but add, if you need to move your appointment, we appreciate and know you will call us back right away. Otherwise, we'll see you June 1st at one o'clock. So you're instilling in them a sense of responsibility to get back to you. You know, your front desk should have an easy way to mark on the schedule whether an appointment is confirmed or unconfirmed or whether they just left a message or texted. Obviously, all the unconfirmed appointments are going to get a lot more attention as the day for that appointment draws near. Two days beforehand, we're giving them another call or text. I think it's important to do both and cover both of your bases. If patients do not confirm and we can't get through to them, depending on their history of keeping past appointments and our busyness on the schedule for that hour, we may put another patient in that slot or free that up for a new patient wanting to come in. Now, my front desk manages this system, and I can see on our schedule the status of each appointment, whether calls and texts were made, whether the patients have responded confirming to the appointment. So it's very easy to audit. Every day, I'm looking at tomorrow and the next couple of days to make sure that this process is happening. Now, you could have this system, or you could probably have a modified system that works just as well, and that's fine. The important thing is, Your front desk is in charge of all this communication and she takes ownership over it. It's their responsibility to have these columns full of patients. If you have holes in your hygiene schedule and you don't address it with your front desk and you just, you know, keep going along and doing your thing, your front desk and your hygienist, they're not going to suddenly get together and change this. In fact, they probably like the holes since it makes time at work a little more relaxed for them so remember you get what you tolerate lead here next point outbound calls so confirmation calls and texts they're pretty easy and they'll likely fill the majority of a hygiene schedule but what about when there are holes and phones aren't bringing new patients in we could say oh darn i'm just not busy this month that's probably what most dentists do but no don't fall into a pity party It's not enough to remind people of their appointments. Your office has to be proactive. Do outbound calls to reactivate and schedule patients that don't have an appointment. So in my office, we have what we call the recall list. You can print it off the practice management software and it has on there everybody that has not been in the office in the last six months and one day. Then whenever we have a hole in the schedule, we are going down that list we prioritize on it, reaching out to families first, as you can set up multiple appointments with less phone calls. And another thing that we've had good success with is we've determined and, the, and kind of found the best insurance plans in our area. There are a couple that they're like non-PPO, they really actually just pay whatever you bill to them up to their yearly max. So it's 100% of our office fee and we pull a report of all of the patients that have these plans, and we like to call and and try to get them, of course, scheduled as soon as possible. So outbound calls, they can take a little more practice for your front desk, but they can be comfortable and your front desk can master them quickly. We're not huge on scripts, but if you need to give them a couple sentences to push them along at first, that's not a problem. Again, it doesn't have to be elaborate. Hi, Mr. Smith, this is Savannah calling from Gentle Dental. Our records show that you were past due for your checkup and cleaning. We've missed you. I'd like to schedule you an appointment so you don't fall behind in your care and we can see you again. Can you come in on such and such day, such and such such time? Now, think about the dollar value of doing these calls every day. You're getting production for cleanings, x-rays, exams, fluoride, and especially diagnosis for larger treatment instead of the alternative, which would have been that hour paying expensive hygienists and staff to kind of just sit on their hands. Missed hygiene appointments are a huge sinkhole in office productivity. For example, let's say you have two hygienists. They both see six patients out of their eight hours with those two missed hours coming from no-shows or slots that we just failed to fill. That would be a total of four missed appointments a day which is, you could say, four to $600 of extra income that day. Maybe more if you have, you know, moderate fees. Anyways, times that by 200 days worked in a year. And that is $160,000 profit. So, yeah, this stuff adds up. And remember, this is production that's not done by you. You know, you're not pushing lidocaine. You're not bent over. Your staff is doing this production. In my office, I like to have a clinical assistant that is skilled on the phones that can do these. So when there is a pause in the back, but the front desk are still busy doing their other tasks, I'll have an assistant take the mobile phone and go in an empty operatory and do these phone calls. So basically I have one assistant cleaning or stocking and the other one I'll say, let's hit the recall list. And she knows what that means. She grabs it and she goes in and in a half hour she sees how many appointments she can schedule during the downtime. She'll write the names down on a sticky note of everyone she was able to get and she'll give me the sticky note. She kind of gets excited about it. I love it. That $12 an hour assistant just put four or $500 of production back on the schedule. So do these phone calls. Last point, no shows. You know, a question that usually comes up when talking about a recall system is what about people that just don't show up? You know, I have so many no-shows in my office. Now, I understand the frustration of working in a non-fee-for-service demographic where patients may not value their appointments and are prone to not show up as often. Now, the truth is we can't totally stop no-shows, but we can minimize them. And you know what? Oftentimes, the way we communicate with patients teaches them not to value their appointments. It's enabling. So if a patient calls and says that they can't make their appointment today because they're tired or oh they have some errands, do we say, okay, no problem. If we do, there's a problem. And you can bet that in that patient's mind that it's okay to do this and they'll do it again. This flaky attitude towards your office's appointments is a learned behavior. Or do we suddenly become concerned? You know, do we say, oh no, we have this time reserved for you. Then pause, make it silent, make them feel awkward for a second. Well, we're ready here. Is there any way you can make it down here? Obviously, if they have a true emergency, we want to be supportive. But if they're just flaking out on your dime, help them feel some urgency and commitment about their appointments. This is called rescuing an appointment, and it takes some practice and training, but your front desk can learn this as well. It's worth it because you'll actually have patients come in and end up keeping their appointment that they would have otherwise just canceled if there was no resistance or pushback. And also importantly, if a patient no-shows on you without a good reason, and you don't have a lot of faith in them, you can put them on your VIP list. This is a list for patients who are extra. Their schedule is so important that you will go ahead and instead of scheduling them for six months out, you'll call them in six months to find a time that works for them. And then of course, when you call them in six months, you're calling to fill in holes in the schedule that you otherwise couldn't fill. This way, These patients that are non-committal or flaky or just need too many reminders, you're calling them shortly before the appointments and you're filling a hole rather than creating one. What about repeat offenders? In my office, we have a standard where if a patient misses more than two appointments without proper notice, they may be dismissed. If they're noncommittal, you know, they're not really the patients you want in your office anyway. And we'll remind them of this when they miss their first appointment too. I know there's some offices out there, they'll charge $50 for missing a hygiene visit. And it's up to you and and the situation and the goodwill considerations if you want to enforce that. But I, I think the at least the threat of this can kind of help keep patients true. Again, however, with all of this, it really starts with the precedent that we set, the value we place on these appointments with our patients and with our scheduling staff. If we train our front desk on this whole system and on what results we want, how we want the schedule to be filled, then that expectation and urgency will spread to their interactions with patients. All right, so let's look big picture. You don't want to have an average practice and an average income. Put the work in to build the system and an appointment commitment culture so that your office, it's a well-oiled machine that's profitable not at an office full of empty hygiene chairs and holes in the schedule you know this is a great time with reopening to have kind of a new beginning with your team i would take advantage of this and establish a clear vision and standard of way of doing these things so with that everybody i appreciate you listening feel free to post on the facebook page what has worked well for you in this area i know there's a lot of ideas and a lot of technologies too that I didn't kind of go over that can help in this. But feel free to post them so we can all learn and improve together. And of course, as always, you know how to reach us: Steve, Derek, or Justin at thelifestylepractice.com. And with that, you all have a nice week. See ya. Never break a sweat, cause I live my life like it's all I got.